All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Thursday, September 14th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. So, Clayton, there was a brief moment where we debated even getting on mic this episode because we were so underwhelmed by the movie that we had to talk about this weekend. But you know what? We're professionals. The audience, we don't want to cause riots in the street. And we don't want nope. to do that by uh, uh, missing an episode of the B.O. Boys. So we're on mic to talk about the one new opener this weekend. It's A Haunting in Venice. So it's the third in this Kenneth Branagh, Agatha Christie adaptation where he plays Perot, Detective Perot. Can I finish? Yeah, Perot. Yeah. Yeah. Can I finish? Oh, oh, Direct, Detective Perot. Can I finish? I can't do that because I'm on strike. You're on strike, so you cannot do an impression of Dana Carvey's Ross Perot from the early 90s because that would be scabbing. That would be struck work. So you can't do that. I am not in SAG. Therefore, I could say, can I finish? Detective Perot, can I finish? I could say that because yeah. I'm not in SAG. Um, so, yeah, that is the. You could show solidarity, but that's okay. There's a lot of people not showing solidarity at the moment, so that's fine. We'll just add you to the list. Uh, oh, whoa. You know, what did you just say? I, I, I was just saying the name of uh, – what was the name of her roller derby movie back in the early 2000s? Roll with me, swing around, turn turn the corner, um, uh, hell on wheels. I'm, I'm legitimately trying to think of the name – of her movie Der- at the Derby, Derby Town, Whip It, Whip It. That's the name. It was Whip It. It was Whip It. That was Drew Barrymore's movie. Um, but she is a talk show host now. So there you go. So yeah, Drew Barrymore, though, is not in Haunting in Venice, though. If you look at this cast, it wouldn't feel that out of place if Drew Barrymore had been someone in this cast. I mean, am I wrong? Can I finish? Detector Perot, can I finish? Would would Drew Barrymore being in there be that much of a shock compared to Tina Fey basically being the second or third build person in this movie? No, and I, I, I don't think, you know, all respect to Tina Fey, but I mean, she doesn't necessarily have a thriving movie career at this point. So uh, she's also known more for comedy than anything. Right. So it's very interesting to see her in this movie. Um, yeah. When you look at, I mean, I pulled up Tina Fey's, the numbers, her her history there, because I was curious. And she had her run in the early 2010s or late, you know, she had her baby mama did 60 in 2008 and date night did 98 million domestic in 2010. So that's the height of Tina Fey. And I would say after that, it really was 10 years of, I mean, she did have sisters in 2015 as the lone bright spot that got to 87 domestic. So it really is her and Amy Poehler together are a draw, but you're right. Tina Fey otherwise never quite made it as a movie star though. I think if you Maybe if you did something with her and Amy, Amy Poehler now, it would still. Oh, no. no. I mean, didn't they have Wine Country on Netflix? I mean, they, they, they are purely streamos at this okay, point. Okay, they're streamos. So you don't think Tina Fey, when you look at this Haunting in Venice cast this weekend, you don't think she's necessarily going to be a draw? 
I mean, the other people in this movie are, of course, Kenneth Branagh plays Detective Perot, Can I Finish? And then you got Michelle Yeoh coming off of Everything Everywhere All at Once, which was a hit last year. And she won the Oscar for Best Actress. So mm-hmm. I guess let's start there. Can she bring any of that juice, you know, that post-Oscar glow to this movie? It, it seems like this is an on one level, an odd choice is I think it's the first movie she's been in since Everything Everywhere. But on the other hand, it kind of makes sense. She gets to sort of ease back into movie stardom with just sort of a supporting role and a big cast. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that any individual mm-hmm. here is the draw mm-hmm. other than maybe Brana as this character. As I think I if... If you're coming to see this movie, you're coming because you liked Murder on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. You liked Death on the Nile. Right. You are a Poirot fan. Right. That's what you are. You're a fan of these movies and this series because I think, you know, the whole thing is it's a rotating group of famous people. Right. And none of them really are the specific draw, even in the first one. I think you had, you know, um, I mean, even the first one, it was Penelope Cruz, Willem Dafoe, Judy Dench, Johnny Depp, Josh Gad, Leslie Odom Jr., Michelle Pfeiffer, Daisy Ridley. So none of them were butts in the seats sort of draws. other than you could say maybe this was right at the tail end of the Johnny Depp still at the height of his power. I, I think that first one, you know, obviously Johnny Depp was already on the wane there, but he wasn't he wasn't fully kicked out of people being able to see him in mainstream movies. Because remember, I think he got cast in the uh, uh, Fantastic Beast movies probably around the time when this came out. So Johnny Depp, I would say was still probably a draw in 2017 when murder on the Orient express came out. Remember he played Jack Sparrow. Actually he played Jack Sparrow in a pirates of the Caribbean movie, just like six months earlier, May of 2017. He's in his final pirates of the Caribbean movie. And that ends up making 172 million domestic, which obviously is a downturn from the other movies, but yeah, he's still I, I I do think we sort of memory hold the fact that Johnny Depp in 2017 is still a big movie star. Like that's why Murder on well, the Orient Express did as well as it did and opened up at 28 million. Yeah. So, I mean, and also, I mean, spoiler for a movie that's very old. He does not last very long in that movie. So that that's the thing about it is that he is not somebody who's in that movie for a very long time. Right, right, right. But, but but he's that in movie, the trailer a lot. Yes, so that brought the butts to the seat. Yeah. So that was a movie that ended up legging out to a hundred and two million dollars domestic, yep. two forty eight international, so worldwide three fifty one. Yeah. So big hit that that all done, around, yeah. and, and even when we even back in two thousand seventeen, we we're talking about the the death of the adult movie, the death of the grown up movie. Mm-hmm. This was sort of a movie that said, hey, you can still do a movie 
that isn't a superhero movie that is not aimed at, you know, beard necked people with Bazinga shirts. Right, right, right. right? You can make a movie for somebody who has read a book. Right, right. That didn't have panels in it. Right. So I think that's the thing with this this movie. And then the second one, of course, you know, had some issues with the cast that was in it because we had. So I'm looking at this cast. I'm looking. So death on the Nile came out in February of 2022. Is that correct? That that's when that came out? Yes. Because it got pushed. The thing is it got held and pushed for a long time because originally because of COVID and then because of trying to figure out what to do about the army hammer situation. Well, Well, the cast of death on the Nile is, uh, you know, Kenneth Branagh, of course, as Detective Perot, can I finish? And then you have Army Hammer, Gal Gadot, who's coming off of at that point, like the Wonder Woman 84 that people hated. And she did that sing along TikTok video that everyone hated. So she was on a, you know, people were against her. You also, I think that was a YouTube video. I don't even think TikTok was as big. Wow. I believe that was a YouTube video of Imagine. You might be right. Her Imagine video that took her down was probably YouTube. But then you also had Letitia Wright is in that cast, and she had a bunch of stuff going on around the production of Black Panther 2 that sort of made her a weird personality. And then you have Russell Brand is in that cast. Mm-hmm. So it's Russell Brand, Letitia Wright, Gal Gadot, Army Hammer, I mean, that is a pretty cursed cast. I mean, of course, Army Hammer being the the biggest one there. Um, but, it, you know, it doesn't help to have Russell Brand in your movie probably ever, but definitely not the last few years. So that that is a cursed cast. So at least this new one, uh, the, the uh, Haunting in Venice, the cast is a little lackluster, but it doesn't seem to have anyone and an army hammer level of uh, 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 controversy, let's say. No, because the, then the other, one of the other people in the cast is the woman from Yellowstone, correct? In this one. So yeah, Kelly Riley is in the haunting in Venice um, and Jamie Dornan's in it. So like this cast is is safer for sure. You know, Jamie Dornan, he's like a guy people, kind of like if they know who he is and well people really liked him in the Kristen wig uh barb and star go to D- vista del mar yes, he yes. was in that he's in and, that people, and people were mm-hmm. people liked him now the death of the nile yes death on the nile yeah. ended up opening to 12 million yes 12.8 mm-hmm. legged out to 45 domestic 84 worldwide. I mean, 84 international, so 130 worldwide. So, you know, uh, a a definite downturn, but there were a lot of things holding this thing back. Yep. yep. Venice coming out so quickly after this. Mm -hmm. And the thing about this movie that I think might entice people more than those previous entries, or at least the previous entry, Mm -hmm. is it looks like it's a legitimate horror movie. Like a horror movie in the sense that it's an old school sort of haunting movie as opposed to like a gore fest or anything. But it does feel like it has some like throwback creepy vibes. But will that help? Like I get on the surface the idea of Kenneth Branagh 
sitting down and saying, you know what? The kids love the horror movies. And Agatha Christie wrote this book that I could turn into a horror uh, adventure for uh, uh, D- Detective Perot. And let's promote it as a horror movie. But does the does the teen audience want to see this character, the teen audience that would want a horror movie? And does the older audience want to be scared? You know, the older audience that would like Agatha Christie, do they want to be scared? So it's like, is well. The, the horror movie element actually a negative. Well, the last voyage of the Demeter was a period horror throwback sort of movie that came and went very recently that had more of that old school vibe than a sort of gore fest or like a cheeky, you know, tongue in cheek sort of horror movie. That's also sort of popular at the moment. Mm -hmm. So I think you do have a point. I'm not sure if the oldsters, because that's who's this is aimed for. This is who is going to if someone's going to see this movie, they are going to be most likely over the age of 25. Yes. And and definitely over the age of 35 and probably 55. I mean, that's the aim that we're looking at here. So. That is the question. Is there still room in those people's lives for fear? Right. For, you know, to go to a movie theater and be scared. Is there still room for that? I don't know. That's a great question. It is it is tracking around the same as death on the Nile. Mm. But again, more people are going to theater now. So it's sort of like if this opens at the same level that death on the Nile did, then I think that's pretty bad bad oh for sure but i'm looking at i'm looking at box office pro and their latest tracking has this between 14 and 19 and it's up 25 percent from where it was previously so there may be a bubbling up of interest here for this film but 14 to 19 still doesn't make this movie a hit and no no i mean I definitely think when they greenlit this movie, they pretty much wrote off the performance of Death on the Nile. Like we said, that movie was long delayed for COVID, for Army Hammer cannibalism stuff, and it had the cursed cast. It had Russell Br- uh, R- Russell Brand, you know, going against it. They they dropped it on Super Bowl weekend, uh, February of 2022. So that that was a dump. So I think the studio did look at that as a total outlier but they expected this haunting in venice to open if not at murder on the Orient express level like it's not gonna open to 28 i do think they greenlit it with 20 plus in mind and that is not gonna happen for this movie um you think so you think they thought that i think they thought it would do in between what Death on the Nile did in 2022 and what Orient Express did in 2017. You know, like the midpoint is around 18 to 21 if you split the difference between those two openings. So this movie opening lower than that, I think would be below the expectations. You know, it's there's no gigantic movie star in here, but they're paying Tina Fey to, to go be in a movie. You know, she she doesn't need to be in something. So I'm sure she's getting her money. And Michelle Yeoh is getting her money. Jamie Dornan's getting what he gets. Kelly Riley 
You know, uh, like I don't think this is a particularly super cheap movie. So yeah, I think they would have wanted it to open at 20. And I think if it does under that, that's below expectations. I mean, I think wanting and expecting are two different sure, things. Sure. That's my thought. It's like, yeah, of course they want this thing to open at 30. Well, but I, mean, but I, I do think when the movie gets greenlit, there's the expectation. And I think this is going to come in under that expectation. Yeah, okay, so you're low on this. I'm low on this. Also, I do think this is the type of movie that does get hurt by actors not being able to promote because there's no Leo, there's no Denzel, there's no Jennifer Lawrence level star in this movie, but there are famous people. You know, this is a movie that would have helped from having Tina Fey be on the talk shows. Michelle Yeoh, I think especially coming off of the Oscar, I do think she would have gotten a lot of awareness out there for this movie. When you cast these sort of Gary Marshall type, here's 10 famous people in a movie together. Part of that is to have all of them promote the movie. And I I think this falls under that, you know, and I think even listen, Jamie Dornan, he would have went on the Rosie O'Donnell show in the morning and had her Mm -hmm. shoot Koosh balls at him. And he would have done the Rosie dance and he would have promoted the hell out of pausing. She would have called him a cutie patootie. She would have called him a cutie patootie, but because of, the SAG strike, Jamie Dornan cannot go on the Rosie O'Donnell show right now. So here's uh, something positive for this film. 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that is the best of the series. It's mediocre. So that is... 80% is mediocre? I think 80% is mediocre. 80% fresh is mediocre? I do think 80% fresh is mediocre. For, 60 is mediocre. No, no, no. 65, 66. Oh, I think, I mean, 60 is is close to failing. I think though, there's different levels of, of what is needed um, for different genres. And obviously a horror movie, you know, that's playing to teens, the Rotten Tomato score isn't as important. A comedy, the Rotten Tomato score isn't as important. Or back when comedies were an actual genre in movie theaters. But I do think for adult skewing sort of dramatic, you know, whatever, whatever you would call this. Cause it's, again, it's not a horror movie aimed at teens. It's a movie that is trying to get adults out. And I don't think 80% are the raves that get that 50 plus year old person to say, I've got to see this movie. I mean, it's 81 it's right now. It's I fine. mean, it, it, okay. I mean, it feels 80 to me would make me think that I'll go see this movie if I was thinking I wasn't going to see this movie. If it was at 72 or 65, I'd say no. But an 80% would make me more likely to see this movie. And I am an oldster. Yeah, I I mean, I, I think a movie like this needs to have raves to motivate an older audience to come out. You know, again, it's not a horror movie where teens are going to say, hey, that's the horror movie that's out. Let's go out there with me and 10 of my friends. You know, and it doesn't matter with the the Rotten Tomato. I mean, I think we're all on the same page as this, is it should do better than Death on the Nile, but it's not going to do much better. And it's just going to be in the mid to low teens or, you know, 15, 16, maybe. And it kind of feels like this 
depending on this opening weekend, if we're proved wrong, this should be the end of the road for these Kenneth Branagh, Agatha Christie adaptations. And and not that I'm rooting against it. I've only seen one of these movies myself. I saw the first one in the theater and I liked it. So I, I'm. Yeah, that was a fam. That was a family outing. We all saw it at Thanksgiving. Yes, yes, yes. You, my in-laws, my wife, we all saw Thanksgiving yeah. six years ago. Um, so I root for these movies. I root for a star studded cast to just do an adult skewing movie, but you know, it, it, it feels like, listen, we talked about this at the water cooler at BOHQ a few weeks ago. We had a conversation about this movie versus another similar series, which is the Ryan Johnson knives out series. Oh yeah. And not that these two things can't coexist at the same time, but to some degree, the Knives Out series is the version of this that people want, other than the fact that now Knives Out has been relegated to streaming. But that sort yes, of did it, usurp yeah. this star-studded mystery comedy thriller genre from the yes. Prana. Because, yeah, in a world where the the second Knives Out movie, Glass Onion, goes to theatrical for a regular run yeah. and not this truncated Netflix bullshit, mm-hmm. that is definitely the more star-studded, the younger, hipper version of this. I mean, that is a that's a movie that made Bafa Bobo because it appealed to all age groups. Yes, yeah. yeah. This is going to live or die by the 45-year-olds. Yeah. And that is not necessarily great spot to be in at this time in theatrical history. Now, good for this movie maybe getting a fourth in the series, you know, this series getting a fourth movie is that this is only $60 million as opposed to $100 million with Death of the Nile. I think if he if he is able to do these movies, and I mean Kenneth Brana, mm-hmm. at a lower budget, and still be able to make some money at the box office. You could see a fourth one of these, but you would also see a downturn in the star level because every every movie seems to have dimmed a bit star wise. Yes, and so who are you ending up with in a fourth movie other than him? Because he likes this character and he will direct it. Right. Like who are you ending up with in the fourth? You know, and I made this joke about Expendables four that, you know, the gentleman from the 18 worlds of justice and the uh, Pepsi commercial would be in that movie. I mean, is that the level we're talking about? Right. Or are we talking about Chris lemon is going to be in the fourth movie right right yeah and and it's like this one he had tina fey in a fourth one where the budget has to be even lower he's getting someone who who did one season and got fired on snl you know then it's part four has jeffrey richards and dean edwards are your big stars for the fourth yeah at the christie adaptation you know that that's he could make it you know, he could say, I love this character that much that I'll I'll do do this fourth Agatha Christie movie and, you know, Corey Feldman's the killer. He could do that. I mean, instead of getting like Elizabeth Shue, are you getting Andrew Shue? Right. Right. I mean, is that what we're going to have with this? So who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Right. 
but we're dubious on on the bo prospects for this film yeah so, now pat yeah what are you gonna say well, i was gonna say we'll give the we'll give our final prediction when we do our top fives but i think i mean i was just about to do this right i was just about to do this right we're in the same mind right, right. now so could you tell us though clayne you brought up before the show that you have some long range uh uh forecasting has come in some tracking has come in on a big october movie and I'd like you to share that with me in the audience right now, these long range uh, tracking numbers that you have for October. Well, this is from Box Office Pro. So it's not like I went and, you know, uh, went door to door on these. Right. But The Exorcist Believer, mm-hmm. which famously ran away from the Taylor Swift concert film. To give up its Friday the 13th opening to move back to the 6th of October, hit tracking, and it's tracking between 18 and $27 million for the opening. Wow. Now, you acted and you you act shocked. Yeah, yeah. And I am so surprised you're still shocked. I'm still shocked. I'm that, still shocked. That this movie – that has has had no this series that has no box office success since the first one zero zero box office success. but it's got ellen burston is back okay. they haven't had her back since the first one burston's back i'll give you that yeah. directed by a guy whose halloween movies other than the 2018 one the first one halloween titular halloween were lambasted and hated by a fan base that like we, when we have Brett on Brett says horror fans, give things a chance. They live in hope. They are kind. They are done with David Gordon green. They do not want what he is selling them. This thing was always going to be a disaster. And now with Taylor Swift sucking up all the air, this thing is going to be a D Disaster. Yeah. A disaster. Uh, that's some bad tracking. Nobody asked for this and nobody wants it. That's some it. bad tracking. That's some bad tracking. Um and if this you, is gonna open lower than the nun two. Yeah, if if listen, if that happens, if that happens, we have got a giant story on our hands come October. And I know you're feigning non-surprise because you say that this was always destined to be a bomb, but I do yes. think if this exorcist believer bombs you know opens yeah. to less than 30 million i think you're oh, underselling that's it sure. if that's a story that's a slam dunk that's a slam dunk i i i mean i do think i think becoming- 18 is high oh come on come on that's the exorcist i think 18 is high come on i, I mean listen nobody likes exorcist movies except for the first one none of them do any business Still, though, this was, I mean, listen, the last Exorcist movie in this in in this series did only made forty four million dollars in its whole run. But this was being hyped up as this is the first real sequel. I mean, listen, it would be who's hyping this up. All this hype that you keep saying so much. hype. Where's this hype coming from? Where's the hype hype coming from? From from the studio. The studio was doing the hype. Now, will people (laughs) buy the hype? Will people buy the hype? Maybe you're right. Maybe they won't buy the hype but the hype is there the the sell job is very specifically this is finally the first true sequel 
to the exes. The same, listen, it's what they did with the 2018 David Gordon Green Halloween movie where they said, oh, forget all the other ones. This is the real sequel to the original. But They're trying it again. And you're right. Maybe it'll Halloween fail. But but I be, I'm success. surprised at how much it could be failing based on this tracking. Pat, the second Halloween movie was a hit, even though they threw it aside in this, this uh, continuity. The fourth movie was a hit. Okay? And then... H2O was a massive hit. And then the zombie movies, the two zombie directed ones were hits. The Exorcist has never had a hit other than the first one. I mean, that's the thing is that the difference is that you've got a slasher icon that people will lap up until they vomit it up and then lap it up again. But the only time anybody's wanted the vomit that Exorcist has been selling is the first one. Yeah. The only time. I do I the do only, just only I time. do just think uh, I think you're underselling the story Burst that in? it'll be. No, no, no. You're underselling the story it'll be if this movie comes in that low. That's all I'm saying. Is that will be a big deal. That will be a big deal if this movie comes in. It'll be that a big low. deal because you're buying into the hype and other media sources are buying into the hype. But I never bought the hype. I still think you're underselling how big a deal will be if this movie comes in uh, 18 million. I mean, listen, right now we're arguing about. I'm not underselling about, the story. That's all I'm, I'm saying. saying. It's a big story. It's I'm big not story. shocked. I will not be shocked. It's still a the big story. The world will be shocked. Yes. And I'll be. You'll be sitting stone faced. He's sitting stone faced. Yep. I mean, that's why you got to subscribe to the YouTube channel because you would see Clayton there. Stoneface unshocked at these exorcist low tracking numbers. So we listen, we're going to be following that here. We're going to have special guests on. We're going to have Brett from the new flesh around the weekend of that opening. And he'll break it all down for us for sure. Um, because yeah. I, I think this is a giant story in hashtag horror lifestyle. Is this low tracking for exorcist believer? And Clayton is not a believer, which is oh, fine. No. Um, so that's coming out now, just very quickly, you know, we touched on, uh, Taylor Swift and how that's opening the weekend after, um, the exorcist and exorcist clearly should have stayed and opened the same weekend as Taylor Swift and let exorcist Swift happen. That would have boosted that tracking for sure. But some news coming out about that movie is, uh, Cinemark the nation's third largest theater chain is now officially letting fans reserve full auditoriums for the Taylor Swift movie, Taylor Swift, the errors toward the movie, which comes out on October 13th. So they're promising um, the, the chief marketing officer of Cinemark is promising that this will be a VIP experience in your own private Cinemark auditorium. So of course, Clayton, Renting out theaters has happened for years. It got more popular during COVID times. COVID. You know, groups would rent them out and instead of having public screenings. Um, I, I'm very curious to see what the VIP experience at these theaters really means for this Taylor Swift renting out because they're promising it. So they got to deliver. 
I mean, I think VIP just means nobody else will be bothering you while you're singing at the top of your lungs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You don't think special guests, you don't think, you know, uh, Taylor Swift, I think is on tour when the movie comes out or maybe is she no, off? she's not on tour. Okay. So, so you could have appearances by her. You could have, I guess, appearances by cardboard cutouts of Taylor Swift. Do you think the VIP experience at these Cinemarks might mean drop-ins from any Taylor Swift famous exes? You know, could Jake Gyllenhaal be contracted to give a wave if you no, went out? he's too a, big. He's too big. Okay. Taylor Lautner, possibly. Okay. Yeah, you're the big Swifty. Who are some of the exes that are gettable for a Cinemark VIP renting out of an auditorium for Taylor Swift? That last English guy. Okay. And the 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 one she just broke up with a couple months ago. Okay. That guy probably would be available. Okay. Taylor Lautner would be available. Right. Um you know, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else in her in her past that's not famous. I mean, definitely any of her boyfriends from high school. Right. I mean, or was she homeschooled? I don't even know if she went to school, but like from her homeschool group or whatever. I don't know. Maybe she was homeschooled. I don't go that far back into knowing like if she went to high school or not. But, you know, anybody that she dated in her teen years that wasn't a famous star is up for up for grabs so not harry styles not tom no styles no way okay i'm seeing someone's name connor kennedy i'm just looking at a entertainment he's a kennedy well i mean he's like a legitimate kennedy oh or the actual kennedy family kennedy not not yeah 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 no he's not he's not just some random dude he is a kennedy okay because i mean there's the kennedy jfk line and then there's the kennedy vj line you know, and those are two different lineages. Yes. Um, I'd pay VIP to, to to watch that movie with Kennedy the VJ. Oh, for sure. For sure. As long as she keeps, she doesn't talk politics. Yes. Because whatever. I don't care about politics in any, I just want to, I just want to know what the beach house was like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all I want to know. Tell me some spring break stories. I don't care about your, you know, your take on Biden. Right, right, right. That that yeah, that's that goes for pretty much anyone you would watch a movie with is you don't want to hear their take on Biden. Um yeah. so yeah, I I, I I do like this. I like that they're, you know, hyping this. Well, that's more money for theaters. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, is like you're getting these people to pony up a premium amount of money to get a theater to themselves and maybe not even just sell it's maybe not even going to be sold out like you know the whatever it's not going to be filled up but if you if you're taking money from people who are like I just want me and my like 10 friends to have this theater to ourselves for two and a half hours that's great money for theatrical do you think part of this VIP experience is going to be they're going to force the ushers to dress up like Taylor Swift the ushers they should things. have to dress up as as their favorite era mm-hmm. and they get to choose i don't think you should force them to be like you are the reputation era taylor swift that they don't want to okay but they definitely should have to dress up in some sort of taylor swift adjacent costume yes yes for the vip screenings where you rent for the vip show. experience yeah yeah, yeah. Um, we will be following that story in the weeks to come. I love seeing the theaters try 
something new and, and, and make the make the theatrical experience be elevated. So good on them. Good on Taylor Swift. Saving October for sure. Now that we're seeing these Exorcist Believer oh, numbers, she is saving dude, October. Uh, we're going to get into it. But like, you know, I know you're in the bag for Saw X, but that I mean, that there may not be a horror hit in October. There may not be a hit horror movie in all of October. Well, listen, w- so, let, let's save the tease. Saw X talk for uh, a couple of weeks from now. Um, okay. So, but you know what we can't save for a couple of weeks from now? Uh, we have a special shout out. <gasps> a B.O. Boy's birthday wow. is this week. We got a little email from one of B.O. Boy Chris. Asking us to do a birthday shout out to one of B.O. Boy Zach for his birthday. You know, Chris said he left five star reviews Mm -hmm. on both platforms, blah, blah, blah. Thank you, Chris. That was nice of you. But, you know, we would give one of B.O. Boy Zach a birthday shout out, even if you didn't do the reviews. But... It would be not as long as this. And we wouldn't mention your name. We would just say, hey, shout out. Want to be a boy, Zach. Uh, happy birthday. Okay. Right. The fact that you did the five star reviews on both platforms. Gives your boy a little bit of extra treatment, mm-hmm. a little special, even more love from us. So if you want a birthday shout out for yourself, or a friend, five star review. Right. Right. I mean, it's the VIP experience of the B.O. boys. Yeah. You know, that that's and, 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 it's like yeah. renting and, out and the I auditorium to, for to see Taylor Swift. Yeah. You're renting out this space at the end of the show. And I got to tell you, and we got to at some point read some more reviews because we're, but we, we got like an out. We've got a very specific out tonight. Yeah. But one of B.O. boys, one of B.O. girls, one of B.O. people. People. You are doing such an amazing job of reviewing this podcast. We asked you to do it and you did it. That is an engaged fan base. That is all you can ask for nowadays. Yes. Um, And now Clayton, I actually have not said the words yet. Happy birthday, Zach. Um, You've done all the happy birthday there. So I am just going to take a beat and now I'm going to give Zach what he wants. And give Chris what he emailed for. Happy birthday, Zach. Yep. There you go. We hope you are still in a desired demo. Yes. But if you're not, you go into the theater, helps theatrical no matter what. We don't know if you're a 18 to 24-year-old. We don't know if you're 25 plus. We don't know if you're 45 plus, 55 plus. But it doesn't matter as long as you're out there seeing movies. You're helping out theatrical. Yeah. I'm going to guess that that the birthday boy, Zach, is in a younger demo because I do feel like Zach is a young name. And if he had aged into 55 and up, his friend would have wrote in and asked for a birthday shout out for his friend, Zachary, rather than calling him Zach. I do think that change happens as you age. So I, I'm going to bet Zach is not in the 55 plus demo, just name okay. based on name. Um, I mean, it could be short for Zachariah, which would be very, old. which would be that. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I think that's how his friend would have, would have, uh, addressed him in the email. 
Um, yeah. So um, let's see. And do we have any other business we need to read here? Um, do, do, do. I don't think so. Well, I don't. Think I, so. I, there's one thing I do want to read from wannabe oh boy read sent in okay. an email now this is based off of course on the last episode clayton we talked about how the twitter poll the twitter x poll went up about whether or not clayton needs to see the taylor swift moving the theaters 80 percent of the voters on that twitter x poll said that clayton doesn't need to see the movie which was supposed to be legally Allegedly. binding then of course you clayton are alleging possible voter fraud saying that Wannabe O senior intern Christopher needs to uh, begin a rigorous investigation of the election. Verification. Ver- verification. Verification. Okay. That's all I'm asking for is verification. And you need it to be rigorous. You stated that many times. So I do want to read this email from Reed because he's listen, he's got his he's got his ears out there. He's he's got a lot of great information that he brings to the show. So Reed says, I'm hearing rumors out there that the senior intern has a phone call featuring Clayton saying this, and this is quote, what I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is more than the 11,779 vote margin of defeat I have because I won the poll. So Reed is saying that out there, there is some kind of phone call that exists where you are trying to influence Wanna be O senior intern Christopher. That's what Reed is saying. I I have not followed up on this. I just read the email on the air. That's it. But he's saying there's a damning phone call where you were calling for Christopher to find the votes you need. That's all I'm saying. Well, I mean, there's no way I made any sort of phone call because I am out of minutes. Mm. So I don't know who that was, but you know how things are. My there's there are hour there's hundreds of hours of my voice yes. hundreds of hours of my voice available to anybody who wants to distort it mm-hmm. you know cut it up mm-hmm. shove it into an ai and um have it regurgitate whatever it wants to say so i mean that's we're we're living in a post truth world and you know this so there's no way that anything I say can be verified unless I verify it as I say it, which what I'm saying is verified because I am saying it. Got it. Okay. All right. So possible, uh, possible AI recreations are, are out there of Clayton. So that is, that is what he's saying. Probably of you too. Yeah. I don't think people are alleging that of me. So I'll just say that that's probably not the case, but We'll see. Listen, there's there's going to be rigorous investigations, I guess, going on. Um, just so many angles regarding this uh, election poll that we we did, um, and we will see. We will see. And it's just that you keep saying election. There's nothing. It's it's it's. There's nothing to do with that. It's just a poll whether I'll see a movie or not. Right. Right. And all I want is verification. Right. 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 All right. So we will see. I mean, obviously, the day is coming up in less than a month now. As to whether yeah, it's a month to the day as we record this. Yeah, yeah. So we've got we've got thirty days before the 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 day of truth before whether Clayton will abide by the voters and see the film or he won't. And uh, yeah, a lot could happen between now and then. 
So I think, though, not much else could happen on this episode of The B.O. Boys. So email us, theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. If you have any hard evidence regarding the Twitter X poll slash election that is going on, send it our way, theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. Of course, continue giving us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. That is, you're doing a great job, everyone, but you could do a greater job. And follow us on social media at the B.O. Boys Pod, on Twitter, on uh, TikTok. And, of course, thank you, WannabeO Senior Intern Christopher and WannabeO Junior Intern Jack for all your hard work on all of those channels and on your research and so on and watch us on YouTube. We are YouTubers. So like subscribe and ring that bell ding dong ring that bell on YouTube. But really, if you have not, if you are a listener of this podcast and you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, you're really falling behind. So you gotta go and subscribe to the YouTube channel and I mean, Clayton, I think that that is it right now. Oh, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing left to say. There's nothing left to say. Except for, <gasps> until next time, we'll smell you at the bar. Oh.